This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is Jan Shanaeus. This is our preview episode of the upcoming match for Fulham against Southampton. Janus, we have a lot to talk about in regards to this match. But before we do that, I have to start here talking about a couple of Fulham supporters dealing with some serious issues. Let's start with with our friend Roger Lewis. And uh, I got a message from Roger today, and I, and I want to talk about this a little bit. Roger let me know that he's been battling cancer since October. And uh, then there have been co- complications since then with his uh, with his cancer that, that have led to something else. So he's really been struggling. So, again, I just wanted to wish Roger the best. This actually hit me hard. Roger listens to all of our shows, watches all of our shows. And uh, I've been pretty close to Roger for many, many years. And uh, this this one really hit me hard. And, and of course, the other one I'm going to mention as well, because these are people that I, again, uh, have gotten to know and uh, are, are part of the Fulham family. So, Roger, I'm thinking of you. Giannis, do you want to share anything about Roger? You know Roger. Yeah, big ups to Roger. You go on his Facebook page. He's got this full, the Fulham logo, big Fulham sign there. He's um, he's an app. Roger's an absolute diehard, and you know the old notion about Fulham till I die. 
Yes. He's as, he's as lifelong as it bloody well gets. So, Roger, if you're listening to this, mate, fists are up, man. Peace out. Yes. You're going you're gonna to fight it. Knock Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Fourth round, uppercut, down. Yes. And, uh, Roger, you know, and again, thank you for letting me know this. And uh, the phone family, we're all behind you. And and, and uh, we're just thinking of you and uh, thoughts and prayers with you. And and, uh, and we're there for you to beat this. Okay. So, so we're behind you. Okay. Now, also, I got I got a message a couple hours later from my friend Chris, who actually runs Fulham Fanzo. And Chris is actually in the hospital as well. They're both in the hospital in Spain, different hospitals. They're both in the hospital. Chris is in the hospital. And um, he's dealing with a blood infection. So, again, I wanted to give a shout-out to Chris. He does an incredible job on Fulham Fanzo, and I've become very close to Chris as well. He messages me all the time. We, we message back and forth, and when he told me this, that, that he would be in the hospital for Christmas and then some, uh, you know, again, my, my, uh, you know, my heart dropped for him as well. So, uh, again, uh, Giannis, any, any, uh, anything you would want to share about Chris as well? Yeah. Big ups for Chris. He does a magnificent job in the fan zone and, uh, you know what is there's no there's no worse time in the year to get sick than this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad that they've taken. Obviously, the medical professionals are doing their job in, in hospital for you over in Spain. So, peace out. We'll be thinking of you. Thoughts and prayers. Just fight fight them on. You know the way it's going to yep. be. Yes. Round knockout. Absolutely. And uh, again, Chris, let me know that this is not COVID related. So don't worry about that. It's not COVID related. He's just dealing with a blood infection, and hopefully he'll be better soon. But both of uh these members of the phone family are in the hospital and we're thinking of them and, uh, and just get better soon. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to your opening thoughts. Before we talk about Southampton, we have to go back. Giannis, we have to get your thoughts on Newcastle. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. I want to leave it separately to talk about Anderson's red card being rescinded because uh, in a way that has pleased me, but ticked me off at the same time. Let's put that aside. Just give me your opening thoughts on Newcastle United, the 1-1 draw. It's sort of funny. We go all the way up there and, and um, you know, and I've said great things about Steve Bruce. I've got a lot of time for him. Yes. The thing that sort of got me about Saturday, their performance Saturday, is how negative they were in terms of the approach. Incredibly. And, and even after, you know, the, the penalty, I'm thinking, okay, now they're going to come through in waves. You've got Hector going into the back. He's not played for weeks. And yet... Nope. The person, the player I was really keeping an eye on was, was John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby hardly ever left zone two. You rarely <laughs> saw him going to zone three. That's right. Thinking, this That's is a good time point. when you should you really start to, you know, get conduct the orchestra. And he didn't. And um, uh, just to get my blood boiling at the end of the game, there was the interview with Callum Wilson where he said, well, it was a penalty. At that point, I think I was ready to throw things at windows and... <laughs> What have you? But uh, I mean, I was really pleased with the performance. I thought we, I thought we played well. Yes, um, we showed a lot of resilience. I thought that the, the officiating, and I'm going to say officiating, was was outrageously poor. Um, we got a little bit of re- recompense, but it doesn't notwithstand the fact that I don't believe it was a penalty. And I'd like to see sanctions against both the referee and the the referee's assistant for their behaviour and their decisions during the game. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that, and I want to go back to this because uh, Steve Lydiard. Our co-host, you know, I mentioned this to him and uh, listen, he's a a referee, so I understand his thoughts on this, but I just thought it was outrageous, Giannis, at the end of the match for a referee to be mocking, mocking a phone player, Mario Lamina, going like this. I thought that was just, again, 
no class, no class. Now, Steve was just mentioning to me that that these refs during a match get a lot of abuse, but I'm sorry, you don't need to be doing that. I don't get that as an official. I mean, I, I officiate cricket. I get that. But this goes back to the first half, this whole thing. We're back to the first half. I don't remember. It was on the um, – uh, Lamina was attacking down the right-hand side, and, he, and he, he, he put in a tackle, and he got the ball back, and the referee judged it a foul. Yes, and I remember this. And went, what are you doing? Like, how's that a foul? And I reckon what's happened is they've gone at half time, and they've, the, the officials have talked about this. Yes. And um, – Lamina's reaction to the penalty, to, you know, to everything was going on, and he decided it was going to be really funny or what it was to mimic. And I thought that was just going. Firstly, going back to Lamina, Lamina one, it was like, what have you given that for? There's nothing wrong with the challenge. He's actually right. got the ball. But then when you start, um, you can have a laugh with the players if you've earned the respect of two teams on the field that they respect what you're doing, that you can have a laugh. But when you haven't. Yeah, this is different, though, Giannis. This is very yeah, and notwithstanding that, as Scott, he said, you've made a decision. VAR calls you over. You've checked the decision. Now, it's interesting because my good friend John Murray um, interviewed Scott after the game for the BBC. And yep. he pointed out to Scott that they, his understanding was they changed, they checked VAR, VAR to, to see if it was a red card offence. That's right. That's Which, what I've heard as well. To which Scotty says that's even worse, because then that that means they weren't even checking to see the validity of the penalty. That's right. So, and I messaged John on Monday morning, and I said, "What did you make of that?" And he said, "Well, for me, it was, it was, um, it was probably a second yellow, but it was a free kick outside the box." And exactly, def- that's what I thought. It was. And a definite dive. And Callum Wilson has been known for that. And um, why, that's why I thought it was rather funny that, that they got out, knocked out by the Brent Fodder. The, you know, the Fodder knocked him out, yep. the leak up. But it was just poor. It's another really poor decision that has, that has hurt us. And um, it's no wonder that Fulham fans get pissed off that it's one rule for one and one rule for another. And it, just so much that was wrong. Look, when the officiating becomes a central story, Russ, we don't talk about the game. I that's right. And that's the problem. And that was kind of the issue I had doing these shows is that I felt like we were spending way too much time talking about decisions from the referee and the the officials in general, instead of talking about the match. And that's not what I want to do, but to not talk about it, Giannis would be wrong as well, because it was a part of it. It absolutely was a part of it. It affected it. And now let's go back and let's talk about what has transpired since then. Innocence red card gets rescinded. Now again, this is all great news. This is this is wonderful news. But when I first heard this, then the next thought came to me: Well, what about Callum Wilson's diving? And that's what I was thinking about, Giannis. Because again, if you're going to rescind it, why was it rescinded? Why did they make this decision? You know, I, again, there's no transparency on it. I I understand that we probably will, will never know the the truth behind all of this because you know, again, we don't know what they're saying. But I'm just glad that it's been rescinded. But I also thought, on the other hand, how much it affected the match. And Callum Wilson, you know, again, really gets off scot-free on this, where you and I have already talked about was a dive. And what's also interesting, and then, and then I want your thoughts on this, I watched uh, the presser from 
Scott Parker, we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail because we'll get about some other things. But one of the things that he brought up is he was talking about VAR and looking at it. And uh, I, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I believe he said that they were shown certain angles. But I don't think the uh, the ref was shown all the angles, Giannis. And my question would be, why not? Why not? Why are they only shown certain things? Why are, why is VAR? If that's true, why wouldn't you show them all the different angles? Yeah, and that's uh, and that's and that's concerning because if I mean Scott, he's gone back in the change room. He says, "I've looked at all the angles. I don't see what the problem is here." You look at the Caballero um, with the challenge. With yes, the, you know, non-calling. That was similar, the- wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's another. It's another call that should have been given. And as a manager, you can control the circumstances around the eleven players on the field and, and the subs and the preparation and the coaching. But to have to rely on on vaguely competent refereeing. And and really, it, is, it begets. Um, and you go about the Callum Wilson. It's funny because I was watching the um, the Spurs uh, Stoke League Cup game the other night, and Deli Alley. If anybody's seen the game, just just count how many times Deli Alley dived. It's 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 a disease, Russ. It's it's a it's a it's a disease, and it needs to be eradicated. And it'll only get eradicated when the the officials have the audacity and the bravery to say, "Sod you, Jack." There's the yellow. Chelsea got, I, I think Mason Mount might have got a yellow uh, for embellishing at yep. the weekend. And it's about time. We've got, it. it, it you can't cheat, cheat it because it's, it's cheating to gain an advantage, but also cheating to get somebody else in trouble. And to me, that's not in the spirit of the game. It, it's, um, um, it's something that, I, I, yeah, I think to me, it's a disease. And, and the Callum Wilson... And then to come out and say, "Well, yeah, it was a penalty." Well, now you've lost you've you've lost all credibility. Now you've lost all credibility because um, there's no there's no um, you know there's no rationale when we've got all now these angles. He was creating a situation to get an advantage for his team, and that's cheating to me. And yes. and like I said, I'm, I'm going to be fair on this. Listen, there have been several foam players that have dived over the years. I, I talk about Clint Dempsey. Adam Lookman, I believe, has, and and of course we see the flopping from from uh, from Metro, and and I'll be the first to just throw it out there. I just don't like it at all. But this no. to me was over the top. When you watch it back, this is over the top. This is clear cut diving, clear cut cheating by Callum Wilson. Yeah, and I think the lower the division you see, the less of it you see. Uh, it's interesting. I, I mean, championships. It, the cha- it's funny because I thought Stoke were very physical against Spurs the other night, and I, and he was calling a lot. But I was thinking the typical championship challenges. If you get into League One and League Two, you're talking about uber meaty challenges. It's the physicality of the game. As soon as somebody feels, you know, somebody somebody in the back or just a little clip or a little touch, they go down like they're in shot, and it, and it will not change. It will never change until the referees are given, if they haven't been given the mandate, to start brandishing cards for embellishment because that is cheating. It's that simple. It's not interpretation. Wilson's was a dive. Yes. We see, we see that. And, you know, I, it's, to me, I would have said, it would, you say, free kick at the edge of the box. Uh, Anderson, you're going to get a second yellow. Wilson, you're getting the yellow for embellishing. You see how quickly, once you take this out of the game and you've got a ref, who goes in and even before the game says, okay, guys, just to let you know, this is what I'm going to do. If I see embellishment, my cards are coming out. 
don't yeah. tell me I didn't warn you. So don't come up and moan and groan because that's the way I'm going to call the game. So now that you know, let's go and play. And they have to call it. The, the, the refs have to call it. And they've got to, And if you're going to give six yellows a game and three reds because of it, so be it. Because until you get the message across, it's going to continue. It's going to continue. And I'm glad that we're talking about this. Because, and I like what you said to kind of lay down the law before the match begins. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is what I'm looking for. Don't do this. If you do it, this is what's going to happen. They do it a great deal over here, and, and I'm, I don't want to bore anyone, but it, it happens a lot in the NFL. They, they actually the coaches go over things that the um, that the refs are looking for. They do this. They they actually do talk. They actually talk in preseason. They say these are what they're emphasizing this season. So the teams know, and it would be good if you know if uh, a, a referee and his staff say, "Hey, listen, none of this in this match." Because if you do it, this is what's going to happen. And that's, and that's and probably that's, what needs to happen. And that's critical. I, I, before every cricket match, I have to do a toss with the two captains. So I take them in the middle. And um, before I do the toss, I ask both captains, can you tell me what MCC law number one is? And if, and if either the captains, and usually they know, but if either captain says, oh, what is it? I say, spirit of the game. Do I make myself clear? And that's all I need to do. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's come. As soon as that toss is done... The 10 minutes, batsmen get ready, bowlers, fielders come out, and they know things like over-excessive appealing, sledging between fielders and batsmen, um, which is really unsportsmanlike conduct, leveled, level um, three and level four offenses, the zero tolerance, respecting the scores, is all part of that game. It's all part of that umbrella of law number one. And it's the same thing when you get into a football pitch. The ref's going to make the decision. You're not going to overturn the ref's decision. Um Whatever you're going to earn that respect, the best reps earn that respect, but don't take the Mickey out of out of players, and that's what the ref did. Um, and and for that, Scotty, I've not seen him that angry since the Harry Arter situation last year. Oh, I remember that. Yep. You know where he said, "Well, now I'm like you, I hate diving." But it. if Mitra goes down like a sack of cards, give me yellow. Exactly. Do it. I, I I don't care if he's our player. I don't want to say I don't see that rubbish. I don't want to see it. So why should we have to put up with it? But the ref, was, the ref earns that respect. And to me, he didn't do that on Saturday. No. And that's why there was such a, a huge pushback. Fulham fans were very, very angry. And we were talking about the red card and the behavior. We weren't even talking about the 90 minutes of the performance, which was on the whole pretty good as well. I mean, we could have won it, should have won it. But we were talking about some ranted ref and one of his assistants. Well, that's the point, Giannis. That's the point what, what you and I started the show talking about. We would rather talk about the performance, which I thought was very good. And it's funny because, uh, and I'll say this, and this is just my opinion, when you look back at that match and you look back, and, and I still have this uh, graphic up here, what about the diving of uh, Callum Wilson? If he doesn't do that, it's a different match. If he doesn't get a red card, it's a different match. And someone said to me, well, you don't know that. And I said, well, I think – an 11-man Fulham team can do better than a 10-man, and they did well as 10-men. So are you telling me that Newcastle are going to score from open play? I saw no evidence no. except for the opportunity that Callum Wilson had. But again, now we know why he potentially had it was because he dived. You know, again, it was a not not a good challenge from Anderson, and, and he yes, he deserved another yellow, and probably should have been sent off anyways. But there's no reason why they should have had 
a penalty. We're going back to that because there that was a that was a queer dive. That was a queer dive, and the contact was outside the box. Anyways, enough of that, my friend. All right. Up, coming up next, we are going to start our preview of Southampton. Okay, Giannis, right back to you. Let's just start here. We have a lot to talk about in regards to previewing the, this match. Let's just start basically. Basic, basically. That's a Goldman there for you? Just your thoughts <laughs> on Southampton. Well, in researching this show, I thought I would I would throw a date at you. Uh, okay. Russ, yeah. October the 25th. 2019 Friday October the 25th 2019 anything significant that strikes you about that date no (laughs) I'm sure you're gonna tell me what that was well it was it was a Premier League game and it was um, between Southampton and Leicester City okay and the final score down at St Mary's was Southampton nil Leicester City nine that's right that's right and that was 14 months ago so uh, I looked at the lineups. I, I looked at the, the Southampton lineup uh, of that particular night, and uh, I watched the press. The presser with Coach Harson Hootler afterwards, and he was yeah, he was yeah. very very devastated. He was devastated. And I was looking at the lineup um, as it was then versus. So you had Gunn, Bednarek, Yoshida, Vestergaard, Valerie Ward, Prowse, Romeo, Hoiberg, Bertrand, Ings, and Redmond. Now, most of that squad is still here. So you look at the fact that later on that season, they went up back to the King Power and they won 2-1. Yes. They're seventh in the league right now. The last game against City, I thought they played very well. Um, what is the difference between them and now? And it's very, very simple. It's coaching. Um, they, got, they got rid of a little bit of dead wood. I know Yoshida used to get a lot of sticky. He, he's now gone to, 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 to um, Sampdoria. Hoiberg went to Spain. But the, they called pull the master stroke. Shea Adams was one of them. Um, Theo Walcott was Theo Walcott was certainly yep. another, and um, and bringing Walker Peters into the lineup as well. And now they are a, a skillful side with pace um, and intelligence. He has done a, a just a redonkulous job uh, there at St Mary's. And if you think that the fourteen months later, I mean, imagine losing at home twenty eight thousand fans um, and getting absolutely shellacked. I mean, uh, no, they lost. They lost Ryan Bertrand twelve m- minutes into that game. Bertrand will be will be playing against us on Saturday, um, but nonetheless, to actually recover f- from being on the verge of sacking to where they are right now, so close to the top four, is a magnificent achievement. I've got a lot yep. of time for the club, and this is a club a little bit like ours. You know, they have great talent, and they end up selling them. Right? Uh, Oxley Chamberlain, Bale. So Walcott went yep. and came back. Hoiberg, um, uh, Sadio Mane, uh, Virgil van Dijk. I mean, keep going. It's incredible. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, despite all that, they still keep surviving and they yep. put out good lineups. And they're a tough team to play. So, I'm looking forward to the game. It'll be a really good test for us. It will be. It's the Southampton way. There, there was this uh, documentary a couple of years ago that really talked about their fall and rise back up and uh there really is a southampton way how they've been able to do it it's quite fascinating and uh, i watched it on nbc sports i would highly recommend it if you could actually watch it it really will tell you the story of southampton in recent history okay yeah so you've already kind of touched on this a little bit but let's, let's go into this a little bit more because when you watch them their style of play is distinct it's high-powered. It's in your face. Let's talk about how they play compared to how Fulham play. The patient. 
the patient. Um, they mm. defend in numbers. Um, they're creative in midfield. They rely a lot on set pieces because they got a very special player in, in Ward-Prowse. Absolutely. Um, they've got firepower to burn, and they're good on the break. So they, they're they a well-drilled side, and they... They will they will throw they will throw different looks at you. Their back the back five you you'd, you'd ordinarily go well, okay. You put Vestergaard and and uh, and Bednarek at the back, but Bednarek, but those two have been absolutely lights out. McCarthy, um, you know, has come in and done a very good job. Walker Peters looks a really fine right back. In any other decade, he'd be somebody who'd be knocking on the door of the England side. Um, Ward Prowse has gone from strength to strength to strength. I think I don't remember who I read somewhere said he felt that Ward Prowse may be the best hitter of a dead ball he's ever seen, and a, a lot of that is the spin he attaches. So if it's you look incredible. at corner kicks, it's incredible, and for free kicks and corner kicks, he's absolutely venomous, and he's almost really someone that should be in the England lineup just because having the ability to do something in zones three and four. Yeah with his delivery, which is always consistent, is a real problem. The strikers can score. The, the, the strikers create a lot. Um, and Walcott has given them a new dominant. Walcott look, looks like he's 10 years younger. He's, he's played so well this year. It's a new lease of life. And they've become a fun side to play. Yep. So we're a bit more conservative than them because we just don't have the firepower. But having said that, um, we right now we're playing as organised as they are. Um, and uh, you know, I thought that they were very good against City. They they got unlocked probably just once or twice, but having but the, you know they, they always looked like they were going to give the City problems. They just once Danny Ings went off, they seemed to lose that punch up front. Yep. Shea Adams looked very isolated up top, and um, Adams is very good in terms of picking pockets of space. But really, the sniper there is Danny Ings, and and yes. they looked a little toothless without him. Um, and that's going to, if, if he's missing on Saturday, that's going to be a big loss for them. But good for us because I can see him giving um, Tosin and um, and Anderson um, some problems. But they're, they're a nice side for sure. Okay. And let's go right there. I'm glad that you really uh, took us there. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the injury concerns because I think this is a factor. And uh, listen, Fulham have their own issues. You know, it's funny because. Uh, I also want to talk about this when we talk about Fulham because I think Fulham are going to be missing uh, Mario Lamine in this match because yeah, he yeah. play. So I think that's a loss. But the potential losses here for Southampton are significant, Giannis. We're talking about Romeo. You've already talked about Ings. And uh, there are some others as well. So could this be, you know, I, I'm not saying a lifeline. I'm saying could this actually give Fulham a little bit not an advantage, but just a little leg up here because these players that we're talking about are a big part of, of the success so far of Southampton. We're talking about, like you said, Romeo, Ings, but there are others too that, again, there are question marks that are doubts for this match. Well, going going back to the Fulham lineup, I, I've got to tell you, I did a, I did have a good laugh there um, because obviously we know that. Um, we know that uh, Lamina can't play uh, Saturday, yeah. and he was our best player. He was absolutely magnificent against Newcastle. So you lose him. Terence Congolo apparently took a late knock. Who really cares? He's never going to play for us. This guy's been injured for 4,000 years. He, he played with Moses at the back. <laughs> um, 
the one that la I laughed about was Kenny Tetty, and and Kenny Tetty, um, his wife is giving a baby, yeah. and it, it takes me back, I think it's two three years to when Republic of Ireland were playing a game, and Roy Keane was assistant manager, and he was asked about a plaque. I can't remember who it was. And he said, "Well, he's going to be missing because his wife's had a baby," and Roy Keane said, "Well, did he have the baby?" <laughs> no, well, he should be okay then. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's. Tati's been out for several weeks. You would yes. think that, yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're parents, you and I, we get it, but yeah. you've still got a job to do. Right. I think if you look at the Southampton one, I mean, there, there are four names here. I mean, Danny Ings went off with a hammy and he did not look in good shape. Let's not forget that this kid um, is also out of contract next month. So there's that. And um, Harsen Hootel has already said, you know, this team doesn't revolve around Danny Ings. So I don't think Ings is going to play on Saturday. Okay. Um, you've got um, um, you've got Nathan Redmond hasn't trained this week. We don't that's know what the status is there. And Redmond um, Redmond Redmond is a bench player anyway, so that's not a big. Vestergaard hasn't trained this week, and that's a bigger deal because uh, I mean you could bring Stevens at centre back to play with Bednarek, but Vestergaard is, is is certainly a step up. But I it's think the biggest season. big time. But the biggest loss for them is the loss of Romeo. Yes, because Romeo to me twelve. I went I, I went back to watch. I do remember the game against uh, Leicester last year. And uh, Romeo, you know, when he was at Chelsea, there was always lots of promise. And it went south for him. And um, last in that game against Leicester, he was truly shocking. He looked overweight. Um, he looked slow. He looked ponderous. Uh, he, he, didn't think he, he didn't look like he could catch a cold. Um, and he's not the same player. He has, I think he's, 12 months difference. Has been outrageous. This, I mean, he controls that park, and I think the biggest loss for the Saints will be that the loss of Romeo will buy less time for War Prowse to do his magic. Mm -hmm. He's he's become um, his passing accuracy has become better. His, his mobility has become much better. When he got the booking against City, I went, "Oh yes, fifth booking. He's out against us." That's a huge. You know, Hassan who won't advertise it, but that is a massive of all the players that could yeah, they could I lose. That's that the biggest loss. Really hurts them. Huge, because I mean, you've got other players that can obviously come in and fill the others, but I mean, Diallo will probably have to come in and fill in for Romeo, but he's no Diallo. And if if you know, knowing and we know now that Romeo is going to be out, and and we have to assume that Ings will be out. So if you if you take Romeo out now, you have to bring Diallo in, and that's going to change the thinking about our lineup about how we play this. Yep. Um, and what Scotty didn't talk about today was the status of Caviero. And let's give some huge props to Bobby Dacadova-Reed here because before the Newcastle game, Cavs goes down. He was dealing room. with something. He was dealing with something. He was on the bench. And then Cavs gets uh, injured in the warm-up and Bobby comes in and still does a job. And I didn't hear a lot of mention of him. That's and I thought that's huge point, props. Yes. It's a huge props. Point. He was he, oh, excellent considering whatever knock he had, he, he played through it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's your trooper. So, but that's going to play into our lineup for right. Um, Congolo wouldn't have been even playing with Billy the Badger. Tete, Tete is a player that I was hoping would be ready for this. So I don't know what that is, what yeah. transpired there. He said he's a doubt. So I don't know if that means he's out or if we're dealing with, you know, not really telling us what we, want to know or, or need to know, you know, I don't know, you know, and again, Kenny Tete, it's a doubt. We'll just leave it at that. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know if he'll be included or not. That's fine. We've got, we've got the players that, I mean, it, the only shame is that Lamina was yeah. in the first half against Newcastle. He was the best player in the park. He was. 
think I might have lost Giannis there for a second. Very interesting what Giannis was just sharing about Mario Lamina. Mario Lamina, again, is a loss for Fulham. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Scott Parker does. I, I have a feeling you're going to see Harrison Reed in his place. And uh, so, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I think we lost Giannis for a bit. And hopefully Giannis will be coming back in. If you're hearing me, Giannis, just come, come on back in when you're ready. Okay, so next thing that I want to talk about, I was going to talk to Giannis about, about this, uh, and this is something that we learned today. Scott Parker will not be at Craven Cottage for this match. He has uh, a member of his household has tested positive for COVID-19, so he will not be there. But what's interesting about it, if you watch the presser, you, you will learn this, that it sounds like Scott Parker is still going to be extremely involved in – the match day of this match he'll just be remote and he'll be in constant contact with uh with wells and and gray and uh i i don't know you know how that's all gonna work but if you're interested go check this out on uh the uh foam website you can watch this but it sounds like to me based on what i watched from scott parker is that he's still going to be very involved it's just going to be in a different way it's actually as we deal with COVID-19, you know, we're all working remotely. And it sounds like um, this is going to be interesting because uh, I, I believe Scott Parker is going to be involved on Saturday. And uh, the uh, orders will still be coming from him based on on what I was watching. But only time will tell. But as he said on the presser, he has uh, staff that he believes in. So he might not be there physically, but I think he's going to be extremely involved in uh, in the match on Saturday. Okay. Well, while I wait for Giannis, let's just get right into it. Let's go to starting eleven and 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 formation. So I'll share my thoughts on on what I think uh, will be Fulham starting eleven. I'm gonna go with the idea here that Kenny Tete is not going to be involved. And I'm just going to say that Fulham are going to play three at the back again. So I'm, I'm going to go with this as my starting 11. So I'm going to go with the normal three of Anderson, Aina, and Adarabayo. On the right, I'm going to go once again with, I'm going to say Bobby Decadova reed And then on the left, we have Anthony Robinson. In the middle, I'm going to go with, I will go once again with Harrison Reed, Ngisa, and Kearney. And uh, then I'm going to go with with Lookman. And then I got Mitro up front. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. So any thoughts on the starting 11, please feel free to share it. Hopefully uh, Giannis will be joining me shortly to finish up the show. Well, looks like Giannis is is coming back on, so hopefully I can I can get him back. Giannis, you're back with me. Sorry, Ross, the, our internet went down. It's because we got uh, a moose entered the house. <laughs> get out, moose. Go home. <sighs> yeah, no, the internet went down. Sorry, mate. So- not a problem. Not a problem, my friend. Not a problem. I I was just actually giving giving my starting eleven and and the formation. I'll I'll go back to you on that in a second, but I I, I want to jump. To another subject, key players for Fulham against Southampton for you. Who has to play well before we talk about your starting eleven in the formation? 
Um, I fancy Dekadova Reed's chances against Ryan Bertrand on that right-hand side. I think he's got to have a good game. Um, I would like to see... I, th- I think Kenny's going to play tomorrow, and I want to see Kenny have a good game at the cottage. You know, it's a fit, obviously it's a picture he's familiar with. Yep. And I really want to see a step up from Mitro. I think, I believe Mitro's going to play tomorrow. I, I thought against Newcastle, you know, he got some stick. Um, but to be fair to him, he needed to get more touches on the ball early. And I don't think he did that. So I hope we can involve him nice and quickly. And Kearney, unfortunately, was a sacrificial lamb when Anderson got sent off. Yep. Um, but I think, but those three for me, um, we're steady at the back. Um, I, I, I think Kearney, Mitro, and um, um, and Dekodova Reed have to have. If they can have good games, we can take advantage of the loss of Romeo, and um, and have some fun. Okay, and that's going to lead to just go right into your starting eleven and formation because again, Scotty's used a couple different formations, and I've already mentioned this, Giannis. In fact, let's go back to that. I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I I touched on this just a little bit. So thoughts on how this could work on Saturday. Scott Parker will be remote, as I said while you were coming back on, that we've been dealing with COVID-19, so many have been doing things remotely, and I think this is also an attempt to try to get as involved as possible. I think he's still going to be calling the shots remotely, Giannis. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, he's probably given the coaches. Um, he's given the coaches the lineup already. They've probably been kept extreme secrecy. Uh, and um, in the press today, he talked about having the close contact contact. You know, with the the sidelines. Yep. The technology will be available, not a problem. He'll be able to watch the game live, which is going to help him too. Yes. On his love, probably his lovely big screen TV. So that's okay. And um, you know, he'll be in with the action and. Um, I'm sure that he'll have a, a, a video feed to the, to the lads before the kickoff in the change room. I'm sure he'll have a few things to say through a video feed at halftime as well. He may have a couple of things after the game as well. But the coaches we got in there, I don't have a, you know, they'll do a good job. And um, they, they will feel suitably buoyed whether Scott is there or not with the performance against Newcastle and the last several performances, which have been really solid. And, you know, body language does speak everything. You remember when he came off the field after our three nothing shellacking against Villa. Yep. And he's a very different Scotty now because, but he's had to be methodical in terms of the training methods to get everybody to buy into what's required. And, um, you know, it's not borne as much fruit as it could have done. I mean, we should have got three points against Liverpool. We should have got three points against Newcastle. Some would argue we should have got three points against Sheffield United. God help them. Um, But we are improving. We're not seen as patties anymore. Um, and um, every time someone like Stan Collymore or Jamie Carroll, yeah. I don't get these guys. I really, I don't get this. You know, and again, I see it. I saw the comments from Collymore. I just watched again the comments from Jamie Carragher. I mean, just enough. What what are you trying to do? What what kind of statement are you trying to make? But okay, whatever. Just – if well, I'm a supporter, just ignore these guys. Just, just ignore them. I, I have, a, I have a theory about this. Um, you know, if you look at the Sky Sport, people like you know Roy Keane and, and Graham Sooners, at least these buggers were managers. You yeah. know, they've they've done it at the, the, the club level. They've done it at the national level. They they've played many times for the country. 
added Jamie Carragher, but Jamie Carragher's not been a coach. Dan Cajolin wasn't not been a coach. And anyway, if we really want to get du- dusty and dirty here, I'm going to listen to somebody who was, was, was prosecuted for, for spousal abuse. I don't think so. I would just like, really? You've got no credibility. You've lost it. So don't talk about our club and what we do and how bad we are. And I remember that Derby County team in 06, 07. That was a terrible team. That was shockingly, shockingly poor. In fact, they were worse than Sheffield United. I don't care what anyone says. Sheffield United have been a couple of breaks away. They've kept it close, but they've never been thumped by anybody. Um, And Colin, yeah, they're the worst team ever. Now, shut up. Just don't judge us at the end of three games. Judge us at the end of 38. And that's the thing. Is this big right. club bias? And and annoying, right. and... This goes back to the big club bias, you know, and uh, and it's really ridiculous to make those kind of comments back ooh. at the beginning of the season. And, you know, listen, Collingwood just made the statements. So, again, what, you know, what are you doing? No, nah, he's, he's a knob. He's a bell end. Yeah, I read it. I read it and had a good, and, and had a good laugh. I think, um, you know, uh, someone like I don't know. I, it wasn't manager, but Ian Renian right says this is you know ridiculous. It's not. A, it, it doesn't even look like a penalty. He's dived. He's been pulled outside the box. It's not a red. Um, and they're getting you know the and you got uh, Philip Neville going. Yeah, I don't understand what that was all about. You want credibility? Even I mean, hey, let's not forget Phil Neville. Is still coach of the national women's time. That's right. You know, right. so you got your credibility there. And I How think about Alan Shearer? Huh? How about Alan Shearer? Well, well, Alan Shearer was briefly a manager, but I think, um, I think, I think what does it for me? It was a couple of weeks ago, Scotty was asked, I saw a YouTube video and he was asked, compare and contrast between winning games as a player and a manager. And he said, there's no comparison. Uh, when you win a game, you, you, you shower, you eat, you're driven back to your car, you go home. The manager's the last to leave the building. Um, and if you've read autobiographies of every, any manager, they'll tell you what a lonely job it is. I mean, these players can go all go with their mates, their girlfriends, whatever it is, come to their families. But for the managers, it's a very, very difficult job. I mean, we can be as critical as we want. Right. But it's a, t- it's a tough job. So, you know, unless you've lived, you know, 10 minutes in, in Scotty's shoes or Hassan Hootle's shoes or Mikel Arteta, Arteta, who's having a terrible Chris Wilder, Sean Dyche, I mean, you know, Grandpa, whoever it is, you don't, you don't understand it. The other thing is this misnomer about, because you're near the top of the table, you're a great coach. You know, look what Harsenhutl has taken to get where he has. The right. amount of work that Scotty's put in to get us where we are now versus a Lumpard who, you know, spend trillions and gazillions and get players. The true coaching thing is where you see improvement through your methods and through your technical and tactical right. development. I'm glad of the examples you're giving because we've seen that with Parker You've already mentioned Hassan Holy. We we see these and also, yeah. And honestly, that deserves respect because you see growth there. Go mm-hmm. I know how you feel about Chelsea. I know how you feel, but it's actually a good point. Where's the growth from Frank Lampard? I haven't seen growth. I haven't seen the same yeah. type of growth that we've seen from Hassan Hotel that we've seen in a short period of time. 
from Scott Parker. So I get where you're going. All right, my friend, let's move on. Let's get to the meat and potatoes, as you would like to say. How did Fulham win this match? Um, the lineup has to be right, number one. Number two, we have to, um, we've got to be uh, really careful about set pieces and where we give away free kicks and try not to give away corners. Ward Prowse is a killer. Um, so zones three and four are going to be very dangerous for us. Okay. Challenge, challenges, challenges on around the box, 25 to 30 yards out are just meat and potatoes for him and corner kicks are even worse. So we've got to maintain our discipline and, and the challenges we've got to be very, very careful of. I think we've also got to keep an eye on the runs of Shea Adams and Theo Walcott. Shea Adams is a player who excites me. He doesn't score as many goals as he should, but he's agile and his pot, his movement is very good. Is very good in terms of channel. He's not a Vardy per se, but who is a Vardy? But does make it thing difficult for defenders. And Theo Walcott is a, is a player who is having such a good year that um, he looks like for the first time in years he's out there and he's really enjoying playing. And it it looks like the weight of his, you know, his off his shoulders. He's just going out and playing and doing what he loves to do best. And we have to keep an eye on those two buggers because they've got pace that can trouble us. Uh, I, I I mean, I fancy I fancy Robin uh, Robinson against Walcott. Yep. Um, Anderson's gonna uh, well, yeah. Anderson's gonna have to be careful about Shea because Shea is a clever little player. So even if they lose Ings. They may lose a lot of their goal-scoring prowess, but these two can still cause a lot of problems. So if we can get the lineup right, if we can maintain discipline in zones three and four to prevent Ward-Prowse to work his magic and keeping a lie on, on Adams and Walcott, I think we've got enough in the tank to, to, to ask questions of them to, to, to get a favorable result. Okay, excellent. All right. I already gave my starting 11 and also mentioned the formation. How about you, Giannis? Um, I think it's going to be the four-three-three. I don't think you, Ariola's been lights out. Back four stay as they are. Um, midfield. I think TC comes in. I think you got uh, Angisa in there, and uh, I think Roth, I think Ruben Loftus Cheek will come back in. Okay, so no um, Harrison Reed. No, I think no. I think he'll save. I think he'll save Ham- Harrison for Tottenham. Okay. I think I think that's going to be. I think the Tottenham game is going to be a very different lineup. Okay. Uh, and then up front, uh, Dekadova Reed is going to. I think Ryan Lookman's going to go left, and and Mitro, I believe, is going to start because I think Cav is going to start against Spurs. I think that's how they. That's just. I, I just think that Cav's style and what he's done really suits the away game, and that's why Parker would have been disappointed in being injured for the for the for the Newcastle game. Okay. It's a home game. Um, uh, ours is a slightly smaller pitch than St. James's Park. It's a pitch he's familiar with. I'm expecting some good things from Mitra. I'm expecting he and TC to have a good game. TC will be upset because of sub, we know, sacrificial lamb. And Mitro did get some stick, but I don't, to be fair to him, he's not had a lot of playing time recently. So you've got to give him touches more. The other, the other thing I was going to say, Russ, just going back to the New Newcastle game, and I just want to defend, is Hector. Hector got quite a bit of stick when he came yeah. on, but this fella's not played in weeks. Like, what did you expect? He's brought, you've got to bring him on because it's obviously ridiculous officiating. Um, 
I'd rather have had him out there than Tim Ream. And, and you know, he looked a little choppy and blocky and all that sort of stuff. But he, he, he did what he needed to do, and he put a decent shift in. And under the leadership, I have to tell you, of Tosin. I thought Tosin did a very good job in yeah. terms of marshalling. And for what we needed, needed Hector to do, he did. He did the job. We didn't concede a goal. And there was some pushback against Hector's performance. And I thought that was unwarranted because, you know, you try, you know, training is one thing. Playing is another. He hasn't played a game in, what, seven or eight? No, it must be more than that, actually. It's yonks. So give him a break. I mean, we're still going to need him as a squad player. And, um, and, and, you know, he he may not be for this level, but... There are times when we're going to need him, and I thought he did a, he did a job on Saturday. Okay, excellent. All right, Giannis, let's end with your prediction, and I'll share mine. I can't believe I'm going to say this. When I first saw that Romeo was going to be out, I thought, oh, we've got an edge. And I'm convinced that Ings is going to be out now because there's going to be the thing about contract, right? You've got to think someone, unless he resigns, someone's going to pick him up. Hey, it could be a full of, you never know. I think this is going to be a draw. I think okay. it's going to be another draw. I, 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 I think we've okay, actually draw. got the edge. <laughs> but the problem is, we. this is a game we, and they're a good possession side. We could dominate. We could do. But one piece of magic from Ward Prowse, or free kick in the wrong area, or corner kick, and they'll undo us. So I, I think it's, it's like this. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Okay. Giannis, I already prepared to say 1-1, so I'm going with (laughs) – so there you go. Great minds think alike. So I'm going to say 1-1, and, um, you know, it's interesting. Maybe I'm wrong about this because I was really thinking about this. Before you came back on, I had a formation with uh, Scotty going with the three at the back or or five at the back, whichever way you want to talk about But you went with a 4-3-3. Why do you feel that he's going to go – with what we were seeing, say, against um, West Brom, which worked really well. But I'm curious why why you think he's going to go with that, because I actually would prefer to go with your idea of going 4-3-3 instead of me, say, kind of playing it safe and saying he's going to play it a little bit safe because Southampton can really uh, get at you. So I think, I think the loss of Romeo. Okay. I think the loss of Romeo, I, I think he's that big. I, I just... And I know 12 months ago, Saints fans and a lot of neutrals would have said he's he's drinking something strong. But that's how much I think he's improved. And and he's he is a humongous loss. Ings is yeah, a... an opportunity. Yeah, it really does. And I think, um, I mean, Ings is going to be... And Southampton are really sort of at a crossroads here because the Ings situations could, could really blow up in their face. And Hasselhoodle hasn't helped himself by saying, well, the team doesn't revolve around whether they like it or not. If they lose him, you can't easily replace him. Ings is a sniper, and he was unlucky at Liverpool. He deserved his move there, but but injuries really sort of beset him. And I think in terms of um, the insurance and making sure he's fit, I'd be stunned if he plays Saturday. So if you're relying on a Shea Adams-Walcott front two, um, they'll give us problems, but they won't. it's not like Ings who needs half a chance. And it's in the back of the net. And he he is a player, if, you, if you've got the England lineup when he's fit, should be in there. But you've got Harry Kane. Yep. And, and that's it. I mean, it's, it, it, you can't... Ward-Prowse, to me, is, uh, I think, is a starter in the England lineup. 
you have to. He's like he's like a Beckham. You 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 got to have someone who can do the. But then, depending on what Southgate's setup is, you know, he, he tends to. Play, you know, we talk about Jack Grealish. Jack, whatever we think of Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish should be the first person on on the team sheet because he just he's outrageous. Yeah. He does things. He, he he scares the crap out of everybody because he does things on the ball, and you just go. I mean, the game against West Brom. If you saw that, yeah, I did. I mean, I, mean, I know. Livermore got sent off early, but it didn't matter. It was his show. It's his show, and everybody's there to clap for him. It's brilliant. It's fun to watch, whatever you think of his antics. And it's that kind of excitement that we need in a national scene. Ward Prowse does that. And, and Ings, to an extent, because Ings can hit you with a half chance. Sure. But having said that, I, th- I think it, a, a stalemate would be the right thing. Um, of course, I'll probably be wrong and we'll score five goals. No, no. Southampton conceded five against Leicester in the first half in that nothing shellacking. I can't see that happening. Um, but a bit of a good game. I think it'll be entertaining, Russ. I agree, Giannis. I agree, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, before we go, I just want to say this to everyone watching and listening around the world. Merry Christmas to everyone, and, and I hope you enjoy uh, your Christmas wherever you are, whatever, whatever situation. We're all dealing with COVID-19, but I do want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Giannis, any final thoughts before we go? I want to wish a Merry Christmas to all the, to all the Fulham fans uh, around the globe. Um, it's been um, it's been a terrible year. It's been a terrible year for um, for everyone. Yep. Every, starting from school-age kids to the oldest. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, little positive has come out. But um, the one constant is we can watch our beloved Fulham play. That's right. And uh, uh, we do love them to death. And um, and we especially remember that when people, you know, like fans like you know Roger and Chris are ill because it's no. a, it's the a stuff it, that gives them strength that keeps them going. So let's say our thoughts and prayers for those two laddies. Yep. And let's hope that our lads put out a good performance both on Saturday and against Spurs. And I wish everybody a fantastic New Year. Let's hope 2021 – we might convene before then, but if we don't, then let's hope 2021 is a fabu, fabu year yeah, for everybody. Absolutely, honest. And I want to mention this one last time. I'm glad you already talked about Chris and Roger. And uh, I just want to mention this because this really touched me. Roger's uh, in the hospital, and he mentioned this, that what keeps him going is listening to this show and also listening to Gentleman Jim. It's like he basically told me that keeps him sane. And, you know, it's funny because uh, Roger used to contact me from the very beginning. He just did and uh, just used to tell me how much he enjoyed the show. And he's always been there. And uh, when he sent me this news today, it really it rocked me. And then I got the news on Chris and that rocked me because we're all part of the phone family. And I just wish both of our members of the phone family all the best. Everyone around the world. A very Merry Christmas. Let's wrap this up. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.